This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Meanwhile, in the Geeks Out studio, a new superhero trailer has dropped. Blogosphere is all over it. We need to get a review out, and fast. This looks like a job for Geeks Out. Geeks Out! Geeks Out on Joy 94.9. Curse Films is something that you will find on the Shudder streaming service. Miranda and I have had a little bit of a watch. It is, I know, some Curse Films I have heard about. Um, so I had a little pre-knowledge, but definitely have enjoyed watching. It is a docu-series by Jay Chell and explores film-by-film productions that have been played by misfortune of such nature that they are deemed to be cursed. Miranda, I'm going to let you take this away because you, you definitely take into this. I have. I've ended up watching, um, I think, five episodes in the last couple of days. And there are seven. Uh, it, it's yeah, and there are seven in total so far. New episodes do drop each Thursday on Shutter. Um, you know, like you know, we're we're good friends with the folks at Shutter, and they're very generous with us. And you know, the they're very excited about the things they produce. And you know, even when I was, I, I did a little bit of a fangirl about this series actually on Twitter before. And Jay Cheel himself, who is the writer-director-editor actually said, you know, thanks for the watch. And, you know, I was, I was pretty chuffed about that. Look, I, Ian, we've talked to a few people who work behind the scenes at Shutter. They're just such lovely people. They really are. Like, they love what they do. And it's an absolute pleasure to be able to talk to people who, you know, have a passion for that work. And, you know, not to prop up Shutter too much, but, you know, generally... It's the love that goes into it that's it's the best part. Yeah. So, tell us but, about these actual things that we've watched. So, Cursed Films, um, generally when disaster happens on a film set and it happens to a certain volume, in the, in the mythos, in the zeitgeist, people will start attributing the supernatural to it. Mm-hmm saying, oh, you know, like, for example, The Exorcist, bad things happen to people in The Exorcist. That must be because they conjured the devil. Uh, Bad things happen during The Omen and Poltergeist. That must have been because, you know, they conjured the devil, speak the devil's name, and he's there. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of this, I think, spins out of the satanic panic movement of the 70s and 80s, when there are a lot of stories about Satanism and human sacrifice and cannibalism that actually had no substance, but because people were so afraid of it, and I think because, you know, mostly televangelists really sort of got off on it, um, you know, it, it just became this whole massive entity, and there was that controversy around all of these films. Now, as I've said, I've watched five episodes by now, I think the thing that I appreciate most about Cursed Films is that it doesn't go out of its way to imply that something supernatural was ever taking place. No matter how messed up the situations. Rather, it gives us these frank, first-hand accounts from people who were there, and it even draws skeptics where necessary to debunk myths surrounding these films. 
It definitely um, has a, a way of actually just explaining what happened and not focusing on um, anything that might have been supernatural about it, which I really appreciate because I'm definitely, you know, the scientist in me usually wins out. Yeah, I mean, it would have been it would have been easy, and I also think cheap um, for a producer to go with a grabby thing and say, you know, was it an accident or was it the devil? But you know, there, there's none of that, you know, salacious, ambiguous teasing here, and that- you actually walk away feeling informed about the situation. Absolutely, and look. I actually want to quickly talk about the first film that I knew this whole cursing around, which is Poltergeist. And you've watched the episode. I actually haven't watched the episode because it was already something I was very familiar with and I didn't get time to watch. So, um, so Poltergeist um, is very much one of my favourite horror movies growing up. I loved it. Um, so that's why it kind of already is my knowledge. I also think I'd probably say it's the most famous cursed film with like those quotation marks happening in my fingers if you can't see that um so generally it's held belief the curse stems from they used real skeletons in the swimming pool in the pool scene um where the um female lead falls into the sort of swamp of of skeletons and they're actually real skeletons because fake skeletons cost too much money which is not a good indictment on human society so um so here's here's the thing i learned mm -hmm. from the documentary apparently Real skeletons are used in film all the time. Yes, um, which is uh, amazing and terrible. Even in non-cursed films, like, you know, like a lot of people give up their bodies to science, um, for example, and then they've got, you know, just got a leftover skeleton layer and they're like, oh, let's just, you know... Give oh, it to a movie. You know, yeah, give it to a movie. Like, they might, you know, otherwise give it to a medical school or, or something like that. But a lot of these skeletons are real skeletons and... You know, to give something very supernatural to that, um, I know it, it does feel like a cheap one once you actually look at, you know, the reality and context. So to yeah, quickly, the, sorry, go. No, you go. To quickly go through the things that happened around this film. Um, so in the same year the film was released, the actress uh, Dominic Dunn, who plays the eldest daughter, was murdered by her ex-partner, um, which is such a horrific thing to have happened. Um, and that you know, it's such it's a terrible start. Um, the American First Nations actor William San- Will Sampson, um, who starred in the second film, portrayed. Uh, sorry, performed an exorcism on set because of the use of the real skeletons in the first film. And the cast reportedly felt relieved the next day and they sort of felt that general, okay, maybe we can get on with this a little more safer now. So that's interesting as well. Um, I do want to say that if you're going to watch the second film, I do suggest doing some reading around how American Indian characters are portrayed in the film. Um, It can be seen as problematic. So definitely good to educate yourself before you watch it. Um, Yeah, so... Two actors, Julian Beck and Will Sampson himself, died um, within a few years of the making of the second film. Both were from medical conditions. And then finally, and tragically, um, Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann, the main sort of character through the series, um, died after making the third film from a bowel obstruction. So at the age of 12. So, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand, you know, how from a distance someone might want to prescribe to this the idea of, you know, there being a curse or something supernatural or you know, even blaming the fact that they made a shocking supernatural production, make that a contributing factor to their, you know, to their passing. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you frame it in terms of sometimes people just die and 
you know, bad things happen in real life sometimes, and and you realize that these aren't just characters in a story; that they're real people who are loved and missed, and you know, had lives. It really, it really puts these stories in perspective, and. What I love most about Cursed Films is the way that um, writer-director Jay Cheel really approaches that with a lot of pathos and emotion and gives humanity to these stories, especially from Poltergeist. Mm. When, you, when you hear the stories of Heather O'Rourke and uh, Dominique Dunn, particularly, you know, you realize that you know, sometimes just tragic things happen and that really the film had nothing to do with it. And there was, you know, a lot of love on that set between cast and crew. And it it wasn't like some of the other productions where people just generally didn't seem to care about the actors. They wanted to shock and scare and sometimes even hurt them to get a particular performance out. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, Poltergeist was surprisingly a lot more wholesome when you hear the full story. It is. And that's the thing is, like, it's my belief that the, these curses are really just people looking to create um, meaning from what is not necessarily there. So, like, human brains are actually configured to do that. We, we, they're designed to look for meaning structure. A really good example of that is pareidolia, where the brain tries to find images and shapes in where they don't exist. So, finding patterns. Um, and that is a basis for a lot of ghost photos as well. So, nonetheless, um, this does not make it any more interesting to study and sort of read about. Um, but I do worry that we're diminishing these people's deaths by calling it a curse or something like that. I have learned some interesting things from this, uh, from this series as well. I learned about a, uh, a psychological concept called the availability heuristic, mm-hmm. which is a, a confound and a bias whereby if you're familiar with one idea, you might use it to explain another. So, for example, you know, if you find your sheet floating in the corner of the room, you might say, ah, that's a ghost, instead of, you know, considering that maybe you don't even know what it is or that it could be something else. Yeah. Ghost is the first thing that comes to mind, and so you convince yourself that that's what it must be. And that's what a lot of people do with these so-called curses. I really, really can't give enough props to to the creators here and their approach, which says that you don't need to add a supernatural bent to these stories to give them impact or to, you know, be stirred by them. Maybe people are spinning them because they want a certain kind of story or maybe a curse gives a, a horror film another level of, you know, glam or veneer or status. But these things aren't really wholly necessary. And, you know, I found myself fascinated by these stories. I watched the episodes about The Exorcist, mm-hmm. Omen, Poltergeist. Wizard of Oz is oddly out of place, but there's a lot of talk about that film being cursed. Uh, look, and, I uh, actually consider The Wizard of Oz to be a horror movie anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, um, just and come... And I think uh, coming out this Thursday is the episode on Rosemary's Baby, um, mm. which had which had ties to, you know, it starred Sharon Tate, or she was one of the stars, and had connections to the Manson family. And that itself, 
you know, is, you know, a freaky story. Look, we are almost out of time. Um, what I did want to say, though, is a lot of this is actually even propelled by the studios who actually use these things to actually sell tickets. And that was really the case with The Exorcist of uh, people are getting sick in the cinemas and all this sort of stuff to try and get the people into the cinemas to watch it. So, um, And The Exorcist so really well because of that marketing campaign. Um, so th- there's so much to consider in this whole cursed thing. I definitely think it's it's worth checking out and to give yourself a grounded view around this mythology and hopefully it gives you a, a skeptic's toolkit on how to approach these stories in the future. Uh, look, Miranda and I had pages of notes and we have run out of time to go through them, so definitely <laughs> highly recommend checking out the series. It is available on Shutter streaming service or AMC. If you have that, you get Shutter for free. So it depends how you've got it set up. So, And uh, new episodes of Season 2 come out those days. Awesome. All right, Miranda, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, coming up next is some wonderful joy music. This has been Clayton Wimshurst. And actually, we're finishing, finishing out tonight with a wonderful version of Bella Lugosi's Dead, um, which was played in the second episode of, of Moon Knight. The original version, this is a cover, but it's a cover I love by a lovely band called Novel Vague. So, you're on Geeks. You've been listening to Geeks Out on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.